Welcome to Human Potential at Work, the show where we explore social impact, inclusion, and empowerment of everyone, including persons with disabilities. Your host is Deborah Rue, CEO of Rue Global Impact and co-founder and chairwoman of Billion Strong, an identity and empowerment organization designed to bring billions of voices of persons with disabilities together. To join the global community and to donate to the cause, visit billion-strong.org. That's billion-strong.org. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Deborah Rue, and I'm the CEO of Rue Global Impact, the executive chair of Billion Strong, and today, this is Human Potential at Work. Um, my guest today is Jessica Lopez, and I met Jessica right when we first formed Billion Strong, and I'd reached out to Tiffany Yu at Diversibility, and I wound up meeting Jessica through that interaction, and I just was so impressed with Jessica and asked her right away if she'd be one of our global advisors for Billion Strong, and she said yes, and then I've been tracking her work, and um, I just am very, very impressed with Jessica, and I think you will be as well. Um, Jessica um, is a student. She is a trainer. She's a consultant, and she focuses on disability inclusion across the board, but certainly in education and with technology. And um, she's doing a lot of very interesting things. And I think that she's a voice that should be heard and that her voice will add great value to these conversations. She is already being heard, but I wanted to make sure that my audience knew who Jessica Lopez was because she's really impressed me. So what she speaks and trains on is disability inclusion, once again, in education and technology. So we're going to talk about that, but she's also... She's, you know, just figuring out what her next chapter is right now. So um, we look forward to learning more about that as well. But Jessica, before I start, let me do a quick visual description. I'm a mature woman with white hair and white and purple and gray hair. And I have on gray, black and blue uh, dress today. And I have on red um, glasses with gold chains. So <laughs> welcome to the program, Jessica. Thank you. I'm excited to be here um, and to provide a visual description. I am a young woman with long, straight brown hair, and I am wearing a black and white shirt. And I'm excited to be here and chat with you. Yeah, it's exciting. I've been looking forward to having you on the show. Jessica, tell us a little bit about why you care about disability inclusion. Absolutely. Um I was born without hands and feet. Um, I also live with chronic illness, and I'm passionate about building disability inclusion and really sharing my story. Uh, when I grew up, I didn't know anything about disability rights or disability um, pride or any of the history of you know how we got to here. And I think um, I wish I had learned about that when I was younger. I was the only disabled person I knew, and especially with my disability being as rare as it is, it was. It would have been helpful to kind of learn that context and really learn like who I am and what community I belong to. Um, and I didn't know about disability rights until uh, 2020, and there was a lot of change happening. And there was, you know, the world was really changing, and I just kind of came across this post about um, disability rights and the history of it, and I was like, why haven't I learned about this? So I kind of dived really deep into that history, and I decided that this is something that I'm passionate about. I could see a lot of myself in that history, and I could see a lot of like my own story in that context that I really wanted to 
start bringing my story into that context of disability pride and kind of bring myself into that fold and really advocate for my own needs and for others as well. Um, I've really kind of gone through a long history with my own need for accessibility and really being able to share that story is really important to me. And I hope that I can also help others as well um, kind of get that accessibility and the accommodations that they need in their life too. Yeah, and you know what? It's fascinating that as a young woman growing up in the United States with a visible disability, you were not really introduced to the movement. And that does say a lot. I mean, we are working hard on this movement. That's why we're so glad you're part of it, right? But the reality is, you know, there was no groups to tell you, Jessica, that you're an amazing, perfect individual perfect individual. Um, when society's maybe telling you that's not true, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jessica, maybe you're not perfect. Maybe. So I think it is so important to that the voices, the different voices join these conversations and often who are leading a lot of these conversations are people that have to identify that we have a disability, which is fine. 80% of our community have invisible or hidden disabilities, 80%. But I think there's something very powerful about making sure that voices like yours are heard, Jessica, because you bring a perspective to the table that people with invisible disabilities just can't you know, bring to the table because, you know, we all have different lived experiences. And so Definitely. when you um, really... And I also do live with my own chronic... Sorry, I also do live with my own chronic illnesses as well. So I do have that kind of that very perspective of, you know, the different paradigms between, you know, physical disabilities and invisible disabilities. And I do um, I have, you know, experienced both sides of it with my chronic illness today. Um, and I've experience kind of that ableism around not recognizing that your chronic illness exists or that it might not really be like as bad as you say it is or you know it can really hold you back from your life and that's one of the biggest things that I recognized when I was learning about disability rights and the ableism that surrounded my chronic illness and the fact that I wasn't able to succeed in school. I wasn't able to graduate until I was able to get the accommodations that I needed. Um, and once I got them, I was able to finish school online during the pandemic. And then I was able to graduate, finish two years of high school in less than four months. And now I'm in college because of all of that expansion of technology and online education and just the focus on accessibility. And I've Jessica, you bring up so many good points, especially I like how you said, I'm going to do it my own way, because there's actually great value to the workforce and the education system by people thinking outside the box and doing things differently. I, I, there's just great, great benefit from that. And we talk about that all the time on the show that when you hire a diverse workforce that have different lived experiences, they're going to bring different problem solving skills to the table. And there has never been a time in the world, I think, that it's more important to do that right now. Jessica, when you started having these issues with education um, and the universities, did you find that you were able to reach out to the universities, the college you were dealing with, and that they they listened to what you said and they accommodated you? Or did you, some of it just come down to them waking up a little bit as the pandemic had all of us? 
Yeah, it really went down to them waking up when the pandemic hit. Um, I wasn't able to graduate high school until I was 22 because I just wasn't able to make the progress in my education. Um, and once the pandemic hit, um, everybody was put into online education within four weeks or less, including my school. Um, and it was something that I have been requesting for 10 years since I was 12. Um, and once I was able to get that online education, I was able to finish high school and finish two years of high school in less than four months. And I was able to move into college. And now I'm going to an amazing college that has been doing distance learning since the 70s. And it's uh, really incredible that there are leaders out there that have been doing this work for so long and we're kind of really barely getting into, you know, the nitty gritty of that this is possible. And I'm passionate about really sharing my story and making sure that people know that this is possible. We can really change the way we see higher education, um, change the way we see K through 12, and also change the way we see the workforce. Because if we can really shift what we think is possible, we can really innovate in completely new ways. And that's what disabled people are here for. We're here to really share our stories and make sure that we can share how we think differently and how we can also live differently. And I'm really passionate about building that. I agree. And I think it's so important that we learn from each other and stop deciding that certain members of our society don't add value. It's ridiculous. I would be curious, Jessica, have you written about your experience? Because I'm sort of sad to hear that 33, 34 years into our Americans with Disabilities Act, which was, I guess I should know that it's 1990. So we will be celebrating our 33 years in July. That 33 years, you still were not getting accessible education in the United States. You were actually being excluded when we had the ability to include you. And that makes me very sad to hear that. <laughs> personally. But have you written about this? Because I think you have a, you know, you have a lot of wisdom that you can teach us because yes, we have our laws and we have our policies and we've got, well, you actually took on the system and the system didn't hear you until it had no choice. What can we do to make sure that others don't have to walk that same battle, Jessica? Absolutely. Um, and I'm glad you asked that. I did actually write an article on the history of disabled people. And what I did was I dived into the history of the last 200 years of disability rights and just how, you know, disabled people have experienced the world. Um, and I was, that was my first delve into, you know, the world of disability rights. And I found that I learned so much from that. And it really changed the way I see the world. Um, aside from that, I also write a lot uh, on my story and kind of my experiences uh, on LinkedIn and really sharing my story and snippets of, you know, um, incidents that I've had or, you know, um, ways that we can adapt to the world, ways that we can, like, use or leverage new technology to build more accessible education. And my ultimate goal would be to actually write a book and share my story and, Right now, I'm kind of building my repertoire and my writing skill to really build up to that, um, especially finishing college as well. Um, and my goal is to really share my experiences and even a little bit of my wisdom on how we can really use stories like mine to actually change the way we build public policy, change the way we write the laws, and also change the way we build policies within individual institutions, like, you know, individual schools and really advocate 
for how we can bring disabled people in as consultants and also bring them in as you know people who have a voice and want to be heard. And Jessica, what do you think about others speaking for you? So, for example, I'm a I'm a global leader in this field, so I can tell everybody what it's like. I am being sarcastic to be born Jessica Lopez, but why? What, why is it so important that young leaders like you have a voice? I think young leaders have a different perspective. We are growing up in the age of information and technology and the world has changed so drastically in our lifetime than it has in so many years before. I think we also are really seeing how we can change the way the world circles and the way the world spins and really change the way we can um, evaluate how we live and work. And I think young people are have a unique perspective in the fact that they are willing to do that work. They're willing to be that advocate and they're willing to do the work with the wherever they are. And for myself, I'm doing the work in my, you know, school and in the California community college system. But there are so many other young people that are doing the work wherever they are. And I it's been really an honor to be able to meet people that are my age, that are also passionate about building, you know, inclusion or building whatever it is that they're working on. Um, and there are so many young people who are disabled as well, who are coming into their own and sharing their perspective as a disabled student or as a disabled person. Yeah, that's so powerful. And, and it's so important that we have different voices at the table because we all bring different experiences to the table, which is why, once again, I was so excited about Billion Strong because Billion Strong is not here to replace what anybody else is doing. There's too many powerful things happening, but it is here to highlight leaders like Jessica so that we can learn about their work and highlight their work. And um, if you, I, I, I just want to say, uh, and I'm being a little cheeky, Jessica, but um, <clears throat> being a person with disabilities, you you were born as a person with disabilities. Do you think you can speak for the whole community of people with disabilities when we are so big? 80% of us are hidden, have invisible disabilities. Uh, we have, they, there. so many people don't even know they're part of our community, or maybe they do, but they don't want to be part of our community. I know I'm setting you up with this question, but I, you know, I, I just love listening to the wisdom that, um, you were giving us. So what do you think? I think I think I can speak for my own experiences. I think like I can also speak for people who have maybe needed um, distance learning or needed remote work. Um, and I think I can really speak to those experiences and the fact that like my education um, story is kind of extreme in the fact that I just wasn't able to graduate until four years later. And I wish I had been able to graduate college, you know, at the age of 22, but I was barely graduating high school. And that, that was the work of the system that I had built a certain way. Um, and I definitely don't want to speak over anybody else. I think there are so many different experiences, um, different minorities, different people who, you know, are in so many other intersectional identities. And I definitely want to make sure that everyone as a community, we are amplifying each other as a whole and amplifying all of those different stories because there are people who have so many different stories and different experiences than I do. And I definitely um, have worked to learn how I can 
hear other people and learn from other people with disabilities as yeah. well. Uh, Jessica, you had mentioned that article you'd written, and if we would really appreciate if you'd send me a copy and we'll add it um, so that the, the viewers can read your work. Um, but also, I know that um, you have a website. So do you, do you mind telling us a little bit about what, what your website address is, but also what our audience can find on your website? Absolutely. Yeah. My website is jessical.me um, and to spell that out, that is J-E-S-S-I-C-A-L dot M-E. Um, and that really tells a little bit more about my story. It tells about what I'm passionate about and some of the speaking engagements that I've done, um, a little bit of my focuses in, um, around consultancy um, and my work in the corporate world as well. So I definitely think that I'm building my own brand and I'm building my own um, consultancy as well. And I definitely think if anybody's interested, definitely check that right. out. And she's got some wonderful examples of her work on there too. So it's a, a it's a fun, a fun website to look at. Um, Jessica, <clears throat> what can corporations and um, companies do to really meaningfully include people with disabilities? What advice do you have for them? I think the first thing is building training, making sure that any sort of um, inclusive work has that training behind it to teach people, teach employees that are already in these large corporations how to build disability inclusion and how to really think about it in their day-to-day work instead of kind of thinking about it like on the side or as it comes up. Um, And it's really important to incorporate it, internalize it in your day-to-day work. Um, aside from that, I also think it's definitely important to make sure that there are so many programs that are teaching disabled people how to live and work, but there's not as many programs that are teaching corporations and people how to be inclusive of disabled people. And I think it's really important to really start thinking about how we can build an audience that doesn't just focus on disabled people and assimilating them into the culture, but also assimilating ourselves into disability culture as well. Um, And I think corporations will do great by, you know, hiring disabled people, making sure that they can rise in the ranks and become leaders and, you know, guide their own experiences and guide the corporations as well. Yeah, I love your work. I love your work, Jessica. So once again, check out her work at www.jessical.me, or you can find her on LinkedIn or other social media um, platforms as well. So we'll let Jessica go for now. And thank you to the audience for supporting this amazing work. We just are so honored to, um, to tell you about people like Jessica Lopez. So bye, everyone. You've been listening to Human Potential at Work. To learn more about Rue Global Impact, visit rueglobal.com. And to learn more about Billion Strong, an identity and empowerment organization designed to bring the billions of voices of persons with disabilities together, you can join the global community and donate at billion-strong.org. That's billion-strong.org.